Welcome to the Pick'em Show. You are listening to the Club Dub Football Podcast. Welcome to the Club Dub Football Podcast. Where the only question is... Does your team make it into the club? Can he get in? No, he cannot! Welcome back, gents. Hey. Hey. Forget about it. Um, oh, I, I was that going goes. for a Fonzie thing then. Yay, Mrs. C. Was that Fonzie? Was that? Any, yes, anyway, that, yeah, that was yeah. indeed Henry Winkler. Oh, happy days. Do you see what I did there? How, how have we um, started two podcasts in a row this week by doing this? Yeah, it, it feels... Um, messy but but wonderfully entertaining jb people people turn up for this this freeform jibber jabber this is this is some would argue this is where we're at our best so um yeah welcome to the pick'em show the flagship show of the week on the club dub football podcast where we will go through our games of the week and pick our likely winner namingly putting that team in club dub so the team we think will get the w and find their way into well I mean, we're not far away from conference championship games, no less. So it couldn't be much more exciting. Um, but yeah, thankfully, you don't just have to put up with my nonsense. I'm joined by passionate Steelers fans, still still probably ailing, you know, still probably battling the heartbreak that comes from a playoff loss uh, last week. I've got JB and the man they call the Tiny Terror. Aldrin, you're back talking NFL football yet again. So we've got two games to get through of the four, and let's give everybody the four that make up the division around. Ravens, Texans, 49ers, Packers, Lions, Buccaneers, and Bills and Chiefs. Aldrin, why don't you kick us off with your game and where you think it could be won and lost? Ridiculous how much you've amused yourself with a joke that we had on our own WhatsApp group earlier in the day. Thank you for that, Rob. Well done. Um, the game that I'm going to talk about today is the Packers against the 49ers. Um, the reason I went for this one is uh, we talked at length on Tuesday the other night about a lot of the other teams, but legitimately, I think you know it would be remiss to not talk about the best team in the NFL, in my view, or one of, and that is, it's not the Green Bay Packers, but it is the 49ers. Um, I think at the weekend, the Packers had such a stellar upset against one of the league's best in the Dallas Cowboys. They were everything that they needed to be. They were good in all three phases. Um, Jordan Love was imperious, and I think I was looking back, and if you look at the two kind of, playoff rookies in Stroud and Love, their stats are almost identical in terms of their yards, their touchdowns, their impact. I think they both were 370-something yards, two and six, I think, between them, three touchdowns. They were both imperious as, you know, rookies into um, into the playoffs. Um, but they've got to face a much, much better team that is in as good a form as anybody with as good a players as anybody in the front uh, San Francisco 49ers. And I think um, it's going to be a very different kettle of fish. I think, like you said, Rob, it was, it was interesting in, in the Cowboys game that um, that arena of a 
stadium is such a difficult place to play as a home team. Yeah. Because the expectation, they're unforgiving, which is ridiculous. I mean, you know, they've not won anything in years, yet they seem to have this expectation that every year they're going to win it. Um, which is, you know, it's nice to have, but I think to put that expectation on the players every year is unfair. Um, but And also, I don't think it is useful. You know, I think it's clearly proved that it's not helping the team. This weight of expectation doesn't let them be loose and free um, like they are in the regular season. So there's something um, that they create in that environment that, that puts puts the team off. But... Um, yeah, I mean, I think for me, the the one thing that was good about uh, against the Cowboys for the Packers was they didn't let them do much on the ground. But equally, I, I don't think Pollard's been great this year for the Cowboys um, since they moved on from Zeke. And they were pretty swarming. They were physical. They were everything all over the field. But also, they were great on the ground. And that really opened up Jordan Love. I think it will be a very different story against the 49ers great (laughs) um so the thing for me is that the packers have this uh, historic inability to stop the run you know i've Mm. watched for 10 15 years and regardless of player personnel regardless of coaching they just seem to not be able to stop the run very well um i think back to maybe two or three years ago Dalvin Cook having an absolute career game of 200 plus yards just because the Green Bay Packers couldn't tackle to save their lives. And I think that the worry for me as a Packers fan is that you're now coming up against the best at running the ball. And I don't just mean, you know, like a a Derrick Henry in fine fettle. What I mean is a team that runs the ball so well. So Yeah. yeah, Christian McCaffrey, in my view, is the best running back in the league this year by a a long chalk. But then they could equally just run Debo Samuel. Yeah. Or they could equally just run Mitchell and him be great or Mason and him be great. You know, whenever they've not played CMC or he's been out for whatever reason, they don't miss a step. You know, they just put somebody else in and the way that they scheme and the way that they create lanes just means that they're good at running the ball. And I think that, for me, will be the real telling thing because Shanahan is the best at dialing up innovative plays and getting the ball in playmakers' hands, whether that's on the ground or through the air. And I think that, for me, will be the real difference because now the Packers are not going to be facing a team that is going to be shy. You know, they're not going to shrink away from adversity. But also, they're, they're going to run the ball heavy and often and find ways to get the ball into key players' hands. So I think it'll just be a stellar game because I gave the Packers absolutely no hope against the Cowboys, purely because I think Love hasn't really shown much this year in terms of me believing he's a top-tier quarterback. Defensively, they've been shoddy. They had no run game whatsoever. But like you said on Tuesday, they seem to have this DNA about them that just means they can turn it on because Aaron Jones rolled back the years and was the best running back version of himself I've seen for years. And Love was imperious. The defense was swarming and um, 
physical. So, you know, I think the thing for the Packers is, is it's not like years gone by when they had Rodgers. They don't really come in with the expectation that they used to have. You know, when you had Rodgers, even if they were poor, you know, even if they'd not had a good year, you still think, look, they've got Aaron Rodgers. They're in with a shot yeah. at the Super Bowl. This year, there's none of that. You know, there's no expectation. It's very much been a case that Love's going to have to learn and he's going to build into it. And, you know, he, he's shown promise and all this kind of stuff. But there's no expectation like Jordan Love will take them to the Super Bowl on his own. Whereas now, after that weekend's performance, you wouldn't rule it out. And uh, I think they'll be riding this high of, well, we've beaten one of the three or four best teams in the league statistically. Why can't we beat anybody else? Yeah. Um, I mean, I think the answer is that the anybody else is the absolute cream of the crop that won't shy away from this sort of playoff game. Um, I think the, I, I just think overall the 49ers are so much more of a complete package that even on an off day can beat very good teams. And I don't think Green Bay have that. I think they have to have a very, very good day like they did against the Cowboys. And it's how, how likely that is that they can reproduce that magic that they created at the weekend against a team that will throw things at you that you've not seen before. Um, so it makes it a real good game because you've got two exciting, energized offenses going against one another. I just think that the 49ers also have a physical, energized defense that can stop anybody. Um, but it makes it a hell of a game. Oh, I, I, so I agree with all of that. I don't have a huge amount to add. I, th- I think you're right that the 49ers have more inventive ways to move the ball. So particularly, I, th- I said about at the weekend that the thing that the Green Bay Packers did by putting up points so quickly in the turnovers is they forced the Cowboys to keep throwing the ball. I don't think it's that simple for the 49ers. By the time they get sweeps and all the different creative ways they're able to move the ball, I think they're able to retain a certain level of balance. Having said that, on the flip side... There are a number of similarities between the 49ers and the Cowboys. I I think you're right. I think the 49ers are the better version of that. But actually, the blueprint for Green Bay will be very, very similar. Pressure and turnovers could be important and help change the game. Um, I probably have not only more faith in the 49ers being better offensively than the Cowboys, but also defensively. I mean, Fred Warner, Dre Greenlaw. I mean, there are some great players. And that's before you get to the Chase Young, Nick Bosa kind of argument that I think they'll be able to get more pressure on Love than the than the Cowboys did at any point at the weekend. Um, but like I say, for Green Bay, two things. I think the blueprint is the same and they're full of confidence, like you said. They've just got to go out and do the same again and they give themselves a chance. Will absolutely be the mantra in that camp. But also, Aldrin, you just touched on this. If the Packers do that, and it's a huge if, right? If the Packers get past the 49ers, well, who's better than the 49ers and the Cowboys? I mean, you could maybe argue the Ravens, but they won't need to even worry about the Ravens till the Super Bowl. I mean, a Green Bay team that beats the Cowboys and the 49ers would probably be my favorite, certainly over the Bucks, and maybe even against the Lions. So this could absolutely change the face of the playoffs. 
if Green Bay were to be able to do something, but but maybe I'm romanticizing a touch because if certainly isn't the same as me saying they will. I think yes, this is this very much feels an awful lot like the plucky underdog Green Bay Packers going in to fight the evil conglomerate that are San Francisco 49ers Incorporated. Um but Aldrin's right to call out the the reason for that is because the 49ers just have talent absolutely everywhere and not just on the field. The, I think the, the offensive game planning mind of Kyle Shanahan can never be underestimated or, or played down because I think he is a guy that will always have an answer for whatever it is you're trying to do. As long as they have the people on the field that can deliver all of it. Um, the Packers made a great showing of themselves on uh, at the weekend. And I think you're right, Rob. They have to go in with exactly the same kind of attitude here of, OK, we have taken down one incredible high-powered offense and we managed to take their stifling defense away from them. Now we need to go and do that again, but for the bigger one. And it's it's going to live and die by all of that. This is going to depend for Packers success on whether they can control as it control the trenches on both sides of the ball and ideally not let the 49ers get too far ahead because it does feel like a game that could very easily be quite close and quite tight as a game that could just be absolute bombs away from Christian McCaffrey and, and George Kittle and mm. Debo and Brandon Ayuk and all of the other like weapons that, that Brock Purdy has to play around with. So yeah, this could change the playoffs, or this could just be a sign of what is to come. The challenge gets bigger because the opponent is better, but, you know, the prize is better as well. I mean, you know, beat the 49ers and you go into the conference game as potential favourites. I mean, that would be that would be an incredible story, absolutely remarkable, kind of akin to the 49ers going into Philadelphia, uh, sorry, the Cardinals going into Philadelphia and winning to face the Steelers in that Super Bowl all, all those years ago, you know, after themselves just squeaking in after a, a, you know, slightly above average season. So look, maybe we're trying to create an argument here for the Green Bay Packers that in reality might not be there, right? I mean, the 49ers are the number one seed for a reason, you know, yeah, they had challenging games against the Cowboys, but overall looked a cut above for the majority of the regular season. But look, there is an accolade nearly as important as finding your way into the conference championship game, Aldrin. And it's been the first team on a playoff edition of this podcast into Club Dub. Who are you putting in and why? Well, unfortunately for the Green Bay Packers, I think the dream ends here and it's the 49ers making it into the playoffs of Club Dub. Brock Purdy and the boys part in a way like it's 1999. I like it. Um, The red coffee and white uniforms of the San Francisco 49ers are filling all the VIP areas of Club Dub. First team in and one to go. But that means, JB, that you've got to take us to another of these tremendous matchups. And um, which of the, well, I was about to say of the four, but with only three remaining, which one is it you're going for? I am once again taking, I think, the AFC side of the playoffs. And we're going to talk about a game 
that features the best young quarterback in football. Oh, wait, no, sorry, hang on, I can do better than that. This game features two surefire MVP candidates. That still doesn't narrow it down. We're going to talk about the Ravens and the Texans, and I know that there are going to be longtime listeners of the podcast this season who are going to be like, JB talking about the Texans again, but the Texans are fun to talk about. The Texans are interesting. The Texans are good. So let's start with them because getting past the Browns last weekend wasn't a shock, but the manner in which they did it was, and we talked about it quite a lot in kind of the recap podcast. It was the defense changing the face of the game that did it. It wasn't CJ Stroud, orchestrating either really really lovely touchdown drives or just one play for 75 yards and the touchdown it was the defense stamping their authority on the game and that is what they're going to need to do this week to continue to advance i haven't got a concern about them scoring points they've proven they can do that again and again and again the question for them is going to be is this defense that just seems to be starting to really hit its stride and hit its form as like Anderson Jr. and a lot of those um, draft picks this year and last year really start to come into their own, are they going to be able to contain possible league MVP Lamar Jackson? Because that's the key to stopping the Ravens. We've talked quite a bit about this this season when we've talked about the Ravens in that Lamar doesn't feel like he's running as much. Lamar doesn't feel like he is using his legs to motivate everything it feels an awful lot more like a quote-unquote standard nfl offense with a quarterback holding the ball and, and passing down the field but i still think the ravens offense lives and dies goes forth with lamar jackson and you have to have control of him for lack of a better term in order to kind of put the ravens on the back foot and kind of show them up and make it your game as opposed to their game the ravens on the other hand do do feel like at the very least the most consistently good team in the nfl they haven't been like as flashy as the 49ers or the cowboys were at times they haven't been as dangerous as it feels like they haven't had the threat of what uh what impact they can have on a game like we saw with like the dolphins and the the broncos and the 70 point game but what they have always felt is a team that was always in control of their own destiny, a team that was always moving forward. Is that an interesting team? I think that depends on your opinion of the Ravens. Personally, no. But you don't win games by being interesting. and You don't win Super Bowls by being interesting. You win Super Bowls by being the most consistently good team in the league and then showing it in the playoffs. And that's what the Ravens need to do. It is almost just they need to go out and just be absolute business as usual. This isn't any other game than any of the ones they've played in the regular season. There is no more weight or importance on this than there is anything else because historically, from a Lamar Jackson point of view, as soon as you make a game more than it is of just a game, 60 minutes of football, those butterflies seem to come out, those stumbles seem to come forward. And he's always going to have to answer for those from people in the media, bad faith actors on like social media, until he can go forth and, and they said, win a Super Bowl, win, win consistent playoff games, show what they can do. And legitimately, there doesn't feel like a more relevant and a more likely time for something like that to happen than now. 
the Ravens feel like the best team in the league because they've performed by it. And all they need to do is just go and do that again. See, I think there's more of a journey here for me, although I do have to go back a long way. If you go back to before the season started, all of the conversation in and around Baltimore was Lamar wants to be paid. Lamar will hold out if he's not paid. And will Baltimore pay him or effectively let him walk? Because without a new deal, it it certainly felt like from the chatter around the league and the, the media conversation that he'd have held out. You know, he he wouldn't have played on that contract. Now, we've seen a number of players, actually a number of players in similar moulds, and I use that quite, you know, lightly, um, get paid an awful lot. I mean, Deshaun Watson in in Cleveland actually been the most notable. You know, mobile quarterbacks, quarterbacks that actually systems can be built around, but also when things break down are dangerous, get paid a lot of money. We've seen Deshaun Watson get paid a lot of money. We've seen Russell Wilson get paid a lot of money. And eventually we saw Lamar Jackson get paid a lot of money. The weird thing about Lamar Jackson, when you compare him to those other two, is he is the one that has worked out and then some. You are right. The guy has more of a stable or prototypical look about him this season in that he stays in the pocket for longer and he is certainly more pass first in the majority of cases there are designed runs there are runs when things break down you know he still has rushed for more yards than anyone else but it feels like they've dialed that back now that is good for Lamar Jackson it's also good for the Baltimore Ravens because Zay Flowers has had a great season. I think Odell Beckham has started to do, I keep using this phrase, Odell Beckham type things. And they have Isaiah Likely. They have Gus Edwards actually is a pretty reasonable pass catching running back and actually to have him as a, a bona fide running threat this year, I think has been good. And then they've got bit part players, you know, Nelson Aguilar, you know, pops up every now and again with a couple of plays. The point generally speaking that I would make is I think they probably are the best team in the NFL. I think the games even that they have lost were games bizarrely where they they ran out to a lead early on in most cases and then actually took their foot off the gas, led at the end of the first quarter, led narrowly by halftime and then didn't quite manage to to build up that momentum and and retain control of a game. Now, weirdly, um, I can't see that happening in the playoffs because there's no need right there's no need to take your foot off the gas it's a game where if you don't win you're spending the rest of the season watching from home right so i think that those kinks and the the achilles heel of the ravens doesn't apply to as great an extent in the playoffs as it did in the early regular season um yes they have a recent loss but that was ultimately putting out their second string to the steelers before that they beat all comers, including the 49ers that we've just talked about in the most glowing terms. They are the most complete team. Obviously, we know what they can do defensively, um, and they have got players who have put on a show, you know, Marcus Williams, Carl Hamilton. Roquan Smith's had uh, an okay season. Kyle Van Noy, I mean, what a what a pickup he was. Jadavian Clowney, again, these are players who we know can be big time, and actually did Jadavian Clowney's a bit part player, I suppose, in Baltimore. They have quality. They have depth. They have nothing to suggest that there is a weakness. Um, Yeah, look, I mean, I think the Texans will be a test. I think the fact the Texans will be a test is credit to the Texans. Nobody's as good as the Baltimore Ravens until someone goes out and shows me that on a Sunday. And nobody's shown me they are better than the Ravens for months 
in the case of other teams, it's typically weeks. I would agree. I mean, the thing with the Ravens is, is that they're so good on all three phases. You know, they've got the best yep. kicker in the league. So if, <laughs> yes. you're, if you're in a clutch moment and you can only get the ball to the 40-yard line or the 50-yard, the guy can still kick it from there. Yeah. Um, they have arguably got the best quarterback in the league in the sense that um, I think this year he's shown that he can go through the air. He has always shown that he can take off and run on the ground. And defensively, they are so good. So good. And I think this is probably the only thing that will be the undoing of the Texans is that the defense for the Ravens is so good and so different to what he will have seen because they have the ability to lock up receivers. They have the ability to get pressure on the quarterback. They have the ability to throw players into blitzes from places you would not expect. Um, so I think that is, that's the real thing is that Stroud has been brilliant this year. Like, don't get me wrong. He has been brilliant. But if I think back to the final game of the season, you know, the Texans kind of struggled to beat the Colts. And that was a game that the Colts lost rather than necessarily the Texans won. I felt, you know, I, I feel like the Colts should have put together that last drive and, and got a win on the board. Maybe that's me being a bit rose-tinted glasses with the Colts, but it certainly felt like the game was in the Colts' hands and it, it slipped through their fingers. The Ravens don't give you that chance. You know, if they need to get a play on third and eight, well, that could be a brilliant pass to OBJ for 30 yards. That could be a run up the gut by Gus Edwards. That could be, oh, a brilliant blitz is coming. Oh, Lamar Jackson just finds his way out of trouble. And I think that's the real difference is that you can put them in awkward situations. And, and the thing with the Ravens this year is that they have the answers. I think Mark Andrews being back is potentially right. He's back at practice. Um, him maybe being back is a massive boost, but equally, Isaiah Likely has just stepped in, filled the void, been the Got dynamic, athletic, yeah. um, tight end that can be the threat in the red zone. So they've not, they've not lost a step. And I think the Ravens more than anyone this year feel like they've dealt with injuries and adversity more than anyone. Because don't forget, week one, J.K. Dobbins, their running back one, goes down injured with another brutal knee injury. But ultimately, they've had no running back one the year. You know, yeah. they've had Gus Edwards, who typically would be the goal line guy, right? He's the big bulldozer yeah. that you put in at the goal line. Yeah, he's put up a stellar season. Um, and, and Mark Andrews being out hasn't lost a step at the tight end position. They just pluck somebody else that's dynamic and athletic to fill that void. So... I just think they've dealt with that adversity so well. But like you say, Rob, they're the best team in the league until somebody can show me somebody better. And the Niners, in my view, are an absolutely sensational team. But even they couldn't have the answers for the for the Ravens. And yeah, and that the thing is, is that's what points to me to be on their day. Nobody can stop the Ravens. And unfortunately, they've not had an off day 
you know, like you said, the the Steelers' loss was not a Steelers' loss to the Ravens team. It was a Steelers' loss to the Ravens' practice squad and anybody else that wanted to run out. You know, they didn't put anybody in harm's way. Rightly so. They earned that right. Yeah. Um, But I just think the way, you know, the way Lamar has gone about this season has been brilliant. Quietly gone about his work, worked on the passing game, and I think more than anything has had to internalize all of his natural instincts because his natural instinct is to go yeah see a bit of gap go make the space and get eight yards but actually that's maybe not what the team needs you know maybe the team needs 15 yards yeah over the air wait for the play to develop and it'll come and i think that's what he's done better than i've ever seen him do is be patient let plays develop but i think part of that is that he's had a better receiving cast around him to enable him to do that you know he's got faith in flowers and obj that they'll find the route and that they'll be there at the end of it so just put the ball in the spot that we practiced and it'll happen and i think maybe in the years gone by he hasn't had those players whereas those two especially i i can't think of too many better playing better and yeah. being more scary as in a, as two offensive weapons. So, I mean, as as well as I talk about the Texans, and I'm a big fan of them, even though they're in my division, I think it's a bridge too far to beat somebody as good as the Ravens. It's a weird one with the Ravens. I mean, JB, you're right. There have been hoodoos, right? There was the whole, can Lamar Jackson win a playoff game? Can Lamar Jackson win from, was it a 10-point deficit? Went a long time without winning from 10 points down. Now, here's the thing about both of those things. We've talked about it. This week on the recap and on this pod, the thing about when you're down by 10 or more points is what do you lose from your arsenal? You lose the ability to run the ball, right? You've got to throw the ball. You've got to pick up chunk yardage. Now, in previous years, that was a problem for a run-first Lamar Jackson, right? That's why the playoff games were a struggle. That's why the deficits and turning them over was a struggle. That isn't a problem anymore. They don't play that way. So, look, for me, Baltimore are utterly brilliant if they were to go on and win the super bowl it could be put down as probably one of the great nfl seasons you know probably not quite on a par with a few that were put together by the patriots i mean you're going back to the perfect season with the dolphins that they'd obviously have been eclipsed by but this would be one of the truly great nfl seasons um i don't know do these hoodoos come back can you make an argument for the Texans? But we said it before. There's winning a playoff game, and then there's the slightly lower but still very prestigious honour of ending up in club dub. So, JB, you get to settle at least the first half of the score. Who's going beyond the velvet rope? The Ravens are the best team in the league. Um, but I don't want the best team in the league. I, I want the story. I want the narrative. I want this to have a really, really nice ending. And I want Club Dub featuring Clay Walker singing Football Night in Houston for the victory of the Houston Texans. JB. I mean, I love it. I mean, all that wishful thinking, creating your own happy ending. Um, that is phenomenal. Um, I mean, I don't know. We'll be back on the Tuesday show and I might be left with egg all over my face. You might be right and I might be wrong. But I mean, all of these bias, I thought you got over this bias against the Ravens. I thought you'd learn to love 
what you know they were doing in Baltimore. Brilliant head coach, brilliant offense, defense, and special teams. Standout players on each and every unit. Um, but we, no, we could be talking no. about by the end of this week the the longest tenured head coach in the NFL, if if rumors yeah. be believed about Mike Tomlin's future with the Steelers. And yeah, I I won't deny the talent that the Raven has. Ravens have, but I just I just don't want it. I'm not interested in it. I want JB, Texans. it's it's your dream. We get to live it. CJ Stroud and the Houston Texans. Congratulations, you find your way into Club Dub at a point in the season that I never imagined you'd even be in the mix. So well done, Houston. Maybe JB will be right. Um, Old John, I think it's fair to say you and I would have probably gone another way with that, but. Um, yeah, yeah there, there we go there we go um we'll be getting back together next week not only to recap what i think are ultimately guaranteed high drama games but also to look ahead to divisional well not even divisional championships listen to me conference championships um gentlemen gold standard podcasting i'm excited to see how it all unfolds particularly based on your breakdown of these games but should we get back together in a few days and um recap it all and um yeah jb ultra and i think you'll be drying those tears but based on our predictions over the last few weeks what on earth do we know um wow i'm rocking can't get my words out straight but gentlemen it was wonderful thank you for your company cheers guys jurassic park this is amazing Remember to subscribe and be cool. Tell your friends. Again.